broadcasting live from Snow-Covered Island. This is Tap Tap Concede. Hello everyone, and welcome to Tap Tap Concede. I am hosting this week, I'm Cameron. Joining me is Nelson. Hey! And as always, Tap Tap Concede is brought to you by the very kind people over at CardKingdom.com. CardKingdom.com. A clean, well-lit place to storm out. That's my al- that's my alternative. That that's that one's free, guys. You can just have that one. I'm so happy with that one. I'm always happy to hear that one. Yeah, I mean, like I, I feel we, we all need a little more hopper in our lives. There aren't enough clean, well-lit places to storm out either. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I fully agree. And uh, Card Kingdom does it so well with their clean, well-lit places where you can play magic, storm or not. You know what else they do really well? What do they do really well, Nelson? Well, they hand out our buttons. And if you go to their their website and you put in our affiliate code, that's cardino.com forward slash loading ray run, then you can tell them that we sent you and ask for a one inch button, please. It's forward slash LRR. Of course, I'm going to continue getting that wrong. <laughs> and currently it's a little white bu- one inch button that just says creature hyphen human. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully that, well, I mean, hopefully you get some utility out of that. Yeah. If you, if you could put it on a vest that's on your animal and tweet a photo of that at me, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. I mean... You know, I, I think we would all appreciate that little moment of levity. So Car Kingdom does like all kinds of stuff. They all send singles anywhere in the world with their suspiciously fast shipping, sealed product, and all kinds of other stuff too. Associated, affiliated, auxiliary, magic, yeah, products. Check them out. They're good. We like them. This podcast is also brought to you by you, the viewer over at patreon.com forward slash loading ready run. You're Support of this channel through our Patreon makes all of this possible. You know what you did. Thank you very much. This is your fault. What are we talking about this week, Nelson? Why are just the two of us here? Where's Graham? Okay, the jig is up, Cameron. What did you do with them? Well, you see, I have concocted a nefarious scheme using the world's most powerful laser. Whoa. And yeah, I know, right? I found it on eBay. It's pretty cool. There was like this going out of business sale, and it's going to arrive any minute. And when I build it to the site, Graham had to go to the hospital. So, no, that's not true at all. <laughs> I liked. I, I thought maybe you were gonna you were like removing Graham's tattoo, but then it was too powerful, so you just removed Graham instead. Yeah, exactly. We just whooped him out of existence. We found the exile zone, kids. So Graham is now shifting between alternate realities, nice, looking for the laser that will bring him back home one day. Do we know how many alternate realities <laughs> there are? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Every time an atom undergoes translation in one arbitrary direction rather than other, that's probably a fork. So probably uncountable ones, which means you can do whatever you want, really. Hmm. There's always going to be another one to jump to, and it's going to be virtually identical. If we can't calculate the number of potential different realities, how can we possibly calculate the odds of Graham ever finding his way back to this one? His family longed for him, Cameron. What have you done? Well, the good news, Nelson, is that another functionally identical Graham will probably shift in at any time. Oh, right. I I just won't tell them then. Yeah. Well, I mean, re- who who could tell the difference? It's going to be exactly the same, except you know, like maybe a dinosaur several million years ago got a, a latte instead of a cappuccino, and that was that was that was the 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 break between universes. Otherwise identical. Your books about dinosaurs when you were a kid were sweeter than mine, weren't they? Yeah, 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 I'm gonna say that. I'm comfortable saying that. Yeah, I had the regular ones, but you had the primo ones. Congrats. Yeah, or you know, maybe I'm just confabulating things. 
Listen, if you also, the, the listener, if you're if any of you are still there, like <laughs> things that are better than other things, then you've probably heard of and spent some money on Magic the Gathering Secret Lair. I know we've, even if you hadn't, I'm sure you're familiar by now because we talked about it on this podcast so many times. So we mentioned that Graham's not here. Graham, unfortunately, f- for real, is sick. It's not COVID, but he can't make the podcast today. Yeah, we'll we'll be back with the mythology episode next week. We don't we don't want to do the mythology episode without him. He didn't even give us our permission, but I think if he had, I would still be like, no, we want Graham there. Yeah, did Graham even comment on the thread for this after we were like, after he was like, I'm sick, I'm not coming in. And we were like, we'll just do a podcast normally. Yeah, no, he said, please go ahead and do that. Oh, oh, good, good. Okay, well, that's that's a load off then. Otherwise, yeah. we're doing this completely unauthorized. I like the idea of a renegade podcast, though. We should bring that one back next time Graham is sick. We'll pretend that we just broke into the moon base. <laughs> Or broke into the channel. Hey, hey, listeners, we're here to rap with you about secret layers. Exactly. So two important sets of announcements since we've spoken. They're spaced out by a little bit. The first one was Black is Magic, a proudly supporting Black Girls Code, which is a charity that, you know, helps, I imagine, teach Black girls how to code. Probably help them make connections in STEM fields as well. So that's sweet. This one was announced a little bit earlier and and the exact product details were sort of teased up slowly. So I initially saw the Shalai and the Ponder art and then I don't know where the other three cards came from originally, but now they're all up on the, the mothership. So the Ponder is op yeah it's it's got to be the best ponder like it just it steals everything that the other ponders had that was good and takes it right like it's got the moons it's got the like you know cute humanoids right i mean they're just regular humans this time instead of being merfolk but like it's kind of got everything going i mean there's no head tattoos or are there maybe underneath those those cool headdresses there's some tattoos i really like the mpr not is it npr yeah player rewards ponder but this one's the best one you also get a cultivate kaya ghost assassin and teferi hero of dominaria yeah the teferi is really really sweet as well like not sweet in the this mega sweet but you know it's (laughs) it's a sweet card like it's a tender moment with teferi yeah hallmark movie sweet or i don't know disney movie sweet or whatever just like just a very like lovely heartwarming scene Mm -hmm. the kaya ghost assassin is it sort of looks like the Aquaria showcase frame kind of art. Like it's like whatever that, you know, comic book style a little bit. And she just looks, I, I want to say, I don't know, more, a little more smug maybe than than other depictions we've seen of Kaya. She kind of, you know, got the blades glowing. Looks like she just killed some people and blew up a whole town. Who knows? And she's just like, yeah, you know, I could do that again. Whatever. So I didn't break a sweat. It's it's kind of a, yeah, it's a good movie poster of Kaya. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The cultivate is pretty sweet. It's like two young children just like growing some lotuses themselves. Yeah, it actually reminds me a little of the art for was it Second Harvest? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That that yeah, the original visions art for yeah, untap all your lands, three mana. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, for sure. Reminds me a little bit of that too. So I wanna say about this. This is a like charity associated secret layer drop. Not the first one we've seen. We had one last year for International Women's Day, if I remember correctly. And it was like fairly expensive and half of your money went to this charity. Now, in the original or sorry, in just the Wizards of the Coast article here, it lets you know that the non-foil price is $39.99. The foil price is $49.99. And these are in American dollars. Those are pretty typical for a five-card secret layer. And it says that we're they're supporting this organization. But I don't believe it says anywhere in this article exactly what that means. Like what the breakdown is, what, what amount of money or resources heading to, to Black Girls Code. And so I kind of don't like that as much. Yeah, agreed. I would like to see those numbers. Like, I don't mind paying for this, but un- right. under the the conceit that it is going to support a charity, 
I, I would like to know to what extent, right? Yeah. If I, if I can't find out, I think I'm just going to take my 40 bucks and donate it directly to this charity because I hadn't, I hadn't even heard of this before. I hadn't heard of Black Girls Code, but it sounds really sweet. There's a similar one in town, I think just called Girls Can Code that I know ran some workshops a few years ago up at UVic. I was like vaguely involved in trying to help people find each other to set that up. So I, I yeah, I like these kinds of operations. But yeah, it'd be neat to find out exactly how many of your dollars are going to it. Regardless, though, these are some really sweet looking cards. So if that's for you, hopefully at least some of your money is going to this charity. And then we had a whole other raft of secret layers announced. Exactly. Yeah, we've got this sort of Valentine's Day set, a super drop called the Smitten Super Drop, which are available from on the secret layer store from February 12th, which is maybe now to February 21st. The first one is Fairy, Fairy, Fairy Rad. Yep. Is there is there a way I'm supposed to say that? I don't know what they're like what that's alluding to. Yeah, what the reference is. I I'm too old now. I mean, I I've Ditto. been reading articles all week about how zoomers don't think millennials are cool. And I for one am shocked that teens don't think that adults are cool. It's shattering my worldview. Yeah, so weird, right? I'm just coming apart at the seams. Yeah, I read another article that started off like the first of the millennials turns 40 this year. And I'm like, oh, that's neat. I didn't I would have thought the first of the millennials turned 40 last year. Does does Gen X claim the year 1980? I don't know. I thought they didn't. I thought they had 1979, but not 1980. Anyways, like I thought. Yeah. But yeah, we're 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 all getting old now. So that's how it is anyways this is a fairies a blue fairies secret layer with some very lovely artwork including yeah. reprints of glenlander archmage mistbind click spell stutter sprite and vendillion click the artwork on this is just unstoppable i think this is something that i'm going to get cool yeah no they're very very pretty it's all in this like what do you call this like a sort of fabulously multicolored yeah i mean i want to say it's like what is her name who does like the rainbow unicorns if that was good okay fair enough yeah it's there's a particular adjective that i want to use to describe this use of color and like this style it's not psychedelic but it's it's something like that sorry it's on the tip of my tongue but they're very rainbowy, but yeah, they're very pretty fairy cards for sure. <laughs> that one's going. So you can get, oh, this is only in foil. Sorry. It's so $40 US for four cards only in foil. Okay. Next up, we have the unfathomable crushing brutality of basic lands, obviously following up on, you know, the call time set. And this is the first time they've just given us a secret layer that's one of each basic land with alternate art. How would you describe this art, Cameron? Oh. Uh how would i describe it that's a very good question nelson how would i describe this art it's a little bit reminiscent of the call time showcase it doesn't like have all the knot work around the border but i almost want to say that like i i think what they're going for here is like obviously a metal theme but what it really evokes for me is much more tarot okay centric like the island with the 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 two robed figures facing away from the icon right yeah there's some symmetry in every art except for the forest yeah like they read they read left to right equally right to left don't they or close it, it seems a little mystical to me and i like that this is a little more than we get from basic lands usually which are landscapes this is much more conceptual and i enjoy it right okay so maybe they're yeah they're a little bit like a call time take on the theros full mana symbol in the stars right because it's like the picture is a mana symbol centered taking up 30 or 40 percent of the of the art and then like a bunch of cool window dressing around it rather than a land scene although the island kind of incorporates a bit of a landscape yeah I, I think that's probably unavoidable but i this is i like these a lot i like these a lot what what is mana really right, right? what is a land as a mana source and this plays with that concept a bit yeah the other thing i'm getting looking at them is like the person in your class that 
just wanted to doodle the whole time that your math teacher was like droning on or your history teacher was droning on like and they would just be like doodling full pages in their book it's like if time stood still for that person then they wanted to draw a bunch of magic cards they're just like really nice just black and white pen drawings because they are they're they're all completely devoid of color Mm -hmm. so yeah pretty sweet pretty sweet art very different from every other basic land you've ever seen yeah i think i endorse these i kind of like these a lot the more i look at them the more i want them and i'm very curious about how the foiling will look on them yep that's a good question. I So I took a first pass of this a few days ago whenever they were announced, and I was like, oh, I don't like those at all. But looking at them for longer, they're growing on me. So I'm also curious what they're going to look like foil and non-foil. And I wouldn't be surprised the next time I see them, I'm like, ah, oh, it's so good. I think I might I might pull the trigger on these. I was thinking about the fairies, right? I'm like, oh, I could use a new Vendillion clique. Well, if you're, if you're going to buy two of these, you're probably supposed to go for the whole secret layer drop. Yeah. yeah. Okay, next up we have Valentine's Day 2021. Pretty straightforwardly named. A Boros Cupid theme set. Including mm-hmm. Boros Charm, Gisela Blade of Gold Knight, Goblin Rabble Master, Heliod Suncrowned, Monastery Swift Spear, and a 1-1 Goblin Token. Available in foil and non-foil for 30 or $40. So what's this art style now? We're into the like realm of, I don't know, cutesy oil paintings? Yeah, I, I should have asked an art expert. Aren't you and I both art experts? We play Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... This is a comic style. I want to say it almost reminds me a bit of some of the stuff that I've seen Joan and Vasquez do, but he's like assimilating another art style when he does that. Right. The artist, it's one artist for this whole set and it's Brandy Milne in this case. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to guess that none of their artwork has been featured on Magic Cards before. Yeah. Let's see. I, I kind of enjoy these. These aren't cards that I'm planning to play at all, but I kind of love this goblin token. The one that's like puking roses on you. Yeah, it's it's puking out roses. It also has like a cool like foxtail. Yeah. Or wait, no, that's its foot. Sorry. No, is that is that its foot? Yeah, oh. yeah. It's got it's got like hooves kind of, right? Or maybe just has pants and then its foot is like a big flat stump. It's there's some questions about this art, which I think is intentional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I I really like this this token. I don't think I forty dollars like this token. Okay. The set of cards is like very playable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, like Monastery Swift Spear, Rabble Master, these are real the real deal, right? Yeah, Boros Charm still gets played in Modern. Mm-hmm. Iliad Suncrowned, you know, still standard legal, and I think also gets played in like Historic, so maybe Pioneer too, the Pioneer Walking Blister combo. Gisela, like, or, or Gisela played in, in Commander a fair bit, I think, so probably the resale value on these is fine. Yeah. Is this the Gisela that gets played in Commander? Cool. I thought so. Yeah, I thought this one was was pretty good. Because, like, it it doubles damage, so mm. those effects are pretty decent. Yeah, the pseudo-haste effect of just, like, slamming Gisela and then, like, pushing into the red zone with your team. Yeah, also, like, it's a commander, so if you have the boots, you know, you can play this as your commander, give it the mm. boots, and then if you give it even one extra power, it's two swings to be lethal with commander damage. Right. So, I don't know if it's still popular, but I, I can remember people telling me, like, oh, I've sold quite a few of them from yellow jacket okay reasonable reasonable yeah. then. all right moving on showcase call time part one we've got frost titan primeval titan and uro titan of nature's wrath 
Actually, you know what? Why don't we come back to this? Let's read about part two, <laughs> since we, we have a segue there. Okay, Showcase, showcase Call Time Part 2 is Inferno Titan, Grave Titan, and Croxa, Titan of Death's Hunger. So all five of the original Titans, except Sun Titan, a lineup in uh, in a color organization with the Titans from, from Theros. So unfortunately, Sun Titan has to sit on the bench for this round of cool reprints. Yeah, like Sun Titan is kind of... It's not not the most powerful, but it's the one that I liked the most. I, I loved flickering Sun Titan and playing with Sun Titan. Just getting targets for it, right? Sometimes you get a fetch land. Sometimes you get, you know, a, a, a Rex Sage. Possibly the most feel-good Titan, you know, mm-hmm. just like bringing your stuff back. And like, and like the Titan, you know, maybe next to Primeval Titan that sort of like lends itself to interesting deck building. Like, I want to say Travis Wu built the deck. Maybe it was just after Phantasmal Image came out. I'm not sure which was printed for, or which, which combo piece was most important. But it was like Phantasmal Image, Sun Titan, and then also like painter servant and there was like another way to do it oh and then maybe they needed like a green to like tutor for a green creature or something there's some way that just like put a whole bunch of copies of sun titan onto the field and that was the game plan mm-hmm. i'm forgetting what the mm-hmm. card that cared about what was green was so hit me up in the comments remind me of what what that deck was i'm talking about anyways this croxa is super cool so scary as if croxa wasn't scary enough now there's another picture of just all the mouths that looks like you know the cover of a metal album these are just the regular showcase call time frames that you're used to seeing on the fancy versions of cards in your packs but yeah the crocs has gray hair now maybe it had gray hair before i don't know it's got silver hair the inferno titan is just like erupting out of the floor and kind of getting ready to ble- breathe lava on everybody but the grave titan grave titan yeah. is just like spoiled for spoiled for so much good art already and now has a third amazing picture how many times did you have to wrath of god a grave a single grave titan wrath of godding a single grave titan is like nowhere near the bottom value i've ever gotten off of casting a wrath of god like i'll you know i'll wrath of god a land where else <laughs> you know that was Fair. a card wrath of god is a card you don't have to get 18 of their creatures for the wrath of god to be good no no fair i just remember like this was this was the calculus right like they flop grave titan and you're like well they they squeak through a grave titan because you get careless and you're like well i guess i have to wrath this thing oh yeah because it's it's 10 power <laughs> If you have the option to wrath their Grave Titan, like wrathing their Grave Titan is probably correct. It's a whole team all by itself. Still just like a legitimate option in competitive strategies like Canadian Highlander. Like you can just put Grave Titan into a deck that otherwise is kind of aggressive or, you know, otherwise only plays creatures that have, I don't know, haste or or interactive ETBs. But like this, you know, he's just such a house, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Plays offense and defense so well. And I want to say maybe there's just something about a giant leading a bunch of zombies that lends itself to a really good piece of magic art because the original art for Grave Titan from like M10 or whatever, M11, is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then the promo gateway art is also great. Like it's got a huge sickle and it's like, you know, kind of charging into battle and there's a bunch of zombies coming up its chest still. And now this one, it's like guts are spewing on the floor. He's got an ax as big as his giant horns and there's all these skeletons charging into battle too in front of him and just Grave Titan. Great art. Okay. I guess the concept really does something for the artists. So these these call time ones are only 25 for non-foil. It's only three cards or 35 for the foil. So th- these are all reprints of, re- you know, recent cards too. Or it's like a, a recent card or and a card that has been printed several times. So I, th- I think all the Titans have been printed at least more than once. So maybe yeah. like probably not going to be the most popular grabs, but the art does look really cool. The other one features Frost Titan and Primeval Titan as well as Uro. 
Mm -hmm. with a big red disclaimer at the bottom. Yeah, let's talk about the art briefly first. Uh, The Frost Titans got a pretty sweet, like, I don't know, club that looks like he's about to do the classic giant thing of just sweeping the floor of all the regular human-sized people. Yep. I mean, wouldn't that just be be fun, right? Like, you have two options, right? You can do, like, the lawnmower, Mm -hmm. the sweep across, or you can just, like, lift and drop, right? Just lift and drop. Maybe just treat your your opponents of regular size like they're just one cucumber that you're about to divide for a salad. Mm, ooh, ooh, yes, yes. Slice into 18 equal rounds. Yeah, and remember, use the curve of the blade to rock. Don't lift and chop. <laughs> That's right. Pull towards or push away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whatever feels better. Frost Titan, I want to say, looks like the most sort of call time of the giants. You know, you know the snow set kind of really, really looks like this. This art came from call time and isn't like slapped on top. Yeah, this evokes actually a very old video game for me, Myth the Fallen Lords. Oh, cool. I haven't played that one. Oh, it was it was a Bungie RTS from like the late 90s, but it, it had really good story. And this is basically one of the missions. Sweet. The, this art is depicting one of the missions. Okay. The Primeval Titan looks, I don't know, a little bit like the Green Man, or like maybe there's supposed to be like a connection to one of the Norse gods. I'll have to keep paying attention and listening to our next Norse mythology podcast, but like has huge antlers and then like its eyes are really deep set behind, you know, like does it have tusks too or something? It's got a bunch of things coming out from around its head and it's like climbing up a a slope, I want to say. It's either climbing up a slope or it's wading through a river. Yeah. Like the art is very evocative. It's it's a little impressionistic, and I like that. It's much less concrete about what's going on here. And the Uro looks like a Marvel villain to me. I don't know. This looks like a comic book cover of like Thanos lands on Earth. Yeah, this I I guess like the the Titans are giants, right? That's the entire yeah. point of this this draw. And this feels a lot more giant like than the Theros art i guess yeah. which was very kind of like elemental yeah and also like the the theros art while pretty cool it, it sort of takes a second to figure out that we're 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 being given the perspective of a giant right like because it's just like the framing of it asks something of the viewer like it takes a second to figure out what you're looking at when you look at the original printing of uro whereas this printing you're like oh that's that's clearly a figure like the head is above the legs and the, the f- one fist is closer to me yeah i get it it's a giant this is a big this is a big dude this is a big thing it's gonna draw cards and gain life so it's your first opportunity to to buy uro you know since well like not you know a secondary market notwithstanding but it's like the first time wizards has offered uro in a product since about a year ago when theros came out and so they needed to tell you about you know what you can expect when you buy this card or they decided it was in their best interest to tell you. And so inside of the announcement for the secret layer, there is a note in bold. Cameron, do you want to read it? Note, we are planning an upcoming BNR announcement. In that announcement, we plan to ban Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath in Pioneer, Modern, and Historic. Additionally, we are continuing discussions about doing the same in Legacy. While we are still working internally on the larger BNR announcement for that week, we wanted to share this information ahead of this sale. So this is new. We've had announcements for announcements, but we haven't have never had like, you know, secret Crackerjack prize banning announcement inside of like uh, a product description. Yeah, Which, yeah. It, it, you know, it seems kind of funny. Like, I totally get it. it and it's it's it, it's cool of them, I guess. It, it's like wise, I want to say, to let, let us know what's happening with the card before they sell it to you, right? Like, that's, that's a piece of integrity. It just, you know, ends up looking pretty funny. I think that my favorite tweet I saw, well, there are a lot, there's a bunch of good takes on 
you know, making fun of this on Twitter. My favorite one, I think I can't remember the author, but it was like, you know, next year we're just going to have banning announcements hidden in the packs, like, like the uh, Zendikar priceless treasures or whatever is like, you know, every 2000 packs has like, you know, a word of warning. It's like, yeah, watch out, you know, Basri Ket's going to be banned in standard three months before he would rotate or whatever. Yeah. It, it kind of has the, uh, you know, this rubber duck has been determined by the state of California to cause cancer. Okay. Sorry. Explain that one for me and our other viewers who don't understand. Oh, it was just something that I remember from a a TED talk that I watched like 10 years ago where an architect who works with an industrial chemist was talking about the way that we design things. And he showed a picture of like, you know, this is he was talking about Ann Carson and, and, you know, where where all the metal metal larks have gone. And he said, in my world, this is a duck. And he showed a picture of a rubber duck with a warning next to it that said, you know, this product contains chemicals that have been determined by the state of California to cause cancer. And he's like, what kind of society, you know, creates a product like this and then markets and sells it to children. But yeah, just the, the, we're going to tell you, you know, that there's a warning on this product. Yeah. It, it's less dramatic than this, right? Yeah. It's going to remain legal in Commander, I imagine. I don't think it's a problem in Commander. And like it fits as in my mind as like a, a decent card for Commander. But Earl has been sort of running rampant on every 60 card constructed format. And people are tired of it. I, I only play Standard and um, Historic, and he's already been banned in Standard for a while. So yeah, like he's an important piece of Historic. It's, he's not like the only card in Historic, but yeah, if your opponent has time to cast it, like if you, you're stumbling as an aggro deck or they've just managed to one for one you or, you know, they, they're they Sultai and they dressed your combo piece. It's just, Uro's kind of just miserable. Like, yeah, it's kind of like a time walk, right? Yeah, or like a time vault. Like it's a, that's the one I want to compare it to. It's like just one of these cards where it's like they play it and you're like okay well unless i can see my way to winning like shortly after they've played it like it's probably going to kill you eventually it keeps coming back it keeps gaining life keeps drawing cards and even expands their mana sometimes and and it kills you because it's a six six right so it's just this card that kind of does everything and has recursion so yeah like i don't know it, it doesn't do anything fancy like i i still find myself being a little bit surprised that it's had to get banned just because it seems like a card that should be able to be taken apart but you know even though like there's scavenging news around and in these older formats and like there's some other halfway decent graveyard removal it's just like nothing is on nothing dealing with it isn't as good as playing it yeah exactly like i think casting it once is already pretty good yeah Right. Even if you're just casting it and it dies immediately. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even you know, a deck with one of them is in, in there is probably better than one without. Like and we've seen it in the deck list, too. Like there'll be there'll be these decks that don't otherwise like they just want the mana ramp or they they just want the card draw or whatever. And it's like, well, if you have a spare slot, just put an Uro in or it's like Uro is like the only creature in this otherwise hard control deck. You know, there's just so many. It, it does everything so well that it's like. You might as well put it in. That's my impression of Ro anyway. I haven't been playing a ton of Legacy or Modern, and maybe it's not as as big a house in these formats. But I have read a bunch of tweets of people complaining about it and being tired of it. And I'm I'm super into them banning it in Historic because I don't play it a ton in Historic, and I I like other decks more. So I I could honestly quite easily see the argument that like this card is powerful and doesn't do anything particularly interesting. Yeah, right. It just kind of does all of those things, generates value. Right. Escape is a cool mechanic. And uh, hopefully we keep playing, you know, some of the other cards that aren't as busted as this one was that have escape. I definitely thought we'd see more of that four mana Elspeth. We've, we've seen her pop up from time to time, but definitely the Titans have been the uh, the champions of escape. But yeah, that to go to go back to the way they announced it, it's like hope. Yeah. 
you know, the, the good thing about this is that they they did say like, oh, we need to just like let people know as soon as possible. I think what people would have appreciated more, and they probably know this, like, you know, R&D probably knows that we, we just appreciate that the ban happens sooner. Like the mm. window between when you know it's going to get banned and when when it actually gets banned, those days kind of feel like a dead format, right? Because you have to keep playing Uro today and un- until they ban it. Like if you know if you're playing these older formats or playing against Uro, one one or the other, there's still going to be all these Uros getting flopped. But it's harder to spend your time creatively deck building, which is what a lot of the game is for a lot of us. So like you know you you have to kind of imagine a world without Uro. You can just build decks without Uro, even even if they're blue and green or whatever, and just try them out, and then you just kind of have to lose the game replay against Uro, right mm-hmm. um so so like in an ideal world they just have the bnr announcement figured out they make it and then you know on the same day they can announce this secret layer but I, i'm sympathetic that you know they don't have their whole decision you know sorted yet they don't know whether they're going to ban legacy yet and they also i'm sure need to like decide on their exact wording of of the announcement and maybe they're going to ban some other stuff too so i'm i'm sympathetic to that but in a perfect world we would just like have a row banned right now and then then it's not so weird and they have to put a weird funny little disclaimer inside of the secret layer sorry i'm still finding yeah it funny i'm still finding it funny now that this is happening well i mean yeah like i even with the ban in four of formats right i think the Uro is probably still a fine thing to include. Yeah. It's a cool card, right? We've discussed it has oh, yeah. applicability in, in Commander, and it's just a very strange thing to see, but one that I'm glad is there. Yeah, no, no, no shade about the secret layer drop. Like, I think it's okay to print banned cards. Like, again, you know, I would buy like a alternate art skull clamp if i thought it was really cool or like alternate art jitte and they've done that too like they they do that they they print cards that aren't available to play in the the formats that include the rest of their set and that's that's okay have you been playing any magic lately i've been trying to play call time and i have been getting stomped we're talking about draft mostly or yeah draft mostly yeah i also have been getting pretty squashed it feels a lot now more like fate reforged okay interesting comparison okay because it's 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 balmy, right? Sure. At least my impression of it is that it is quite balmy, right? Where like in Fate Reforged, you would open your 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 pack and whatever your rare was, hope it's a good one. They usually were, but it felt like there was a lot of pressure to take that rare. And I've been opening a lot of the dual faced or the modal dual faced uh, lands. Well, that's good for your translation of draft into constructed. If you want to be doing that, it yeah. is. It's less good for uh, racking up gems, though right in in matches i've been placing a lot of value on the gold uncommons there's Mm -hmm. there's two right like there's a legendary creature and a saga for every color combination i think unless one's missing one for some some other reason but i I believe there's always a legendary creature and a golden common and i've I've been taking those a lot i think they're better than lots of the rares but yeah there's some very powerful rares too Mm -hmm. i don't i don't quite yet have a sense of like a clear archetype tier like uh you know these two colors are kind of the best if you can get this deck to work and then it's this one like i've still been trying out various decks i've been playing a lot of multicolor snow and white based aggro like the sort of the two three yeah. tap a creature when it boasts and the the two one make a one one when it boasts I've been picking those pretty highly and and trying to push through damage the the boast creatures i really like a lot i think that deck is very 
it, it's it's engaging to play at least i also really like the blue fortel based decks yeah i haven't had too many fortel payoffs yet yeah go ahead i mean i i just like the raven that you can fortel for two yeah for sure have you seen anyone have you yourself or have you played a game where the uh, the blue white saga that's like it has nico's name in it sorry i forgot the name of the saga but it's like cares about foretell stuff and if you don't have foretell cards it doesn't do anything i have not actually but it like it makes mana and gains life and yeah so that that one might i feel like it's the weakest because it requires your deck to like be working in order to to take it but the legendary uncommon is pretty good though it's a wind drake it's one generic a white and a blue for a two two flying and then whenever you cast a spell that's not from your hand you draw a card so it's like your foretell cards also draw you a card so i like that one a lot Mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. just a 2-2 flyer for three which is pretty good in this format actually just having you know yeah, flying like this the skies are pretty open yeah but i think maybe there's fewer flying creatures like you know per capita or whatever like relative to total cards it seems like flying is a bit harder to come by and the reach creatures like there's a reach enchantment so you don't usually want to play auras green doesn't pay you off for paying auras either like red and white kind of do but and then the giant spider is a three mana four two which is sweet i wanted to talk about that actually as being like a very interesting design decision yeah yeah ditto it's kind of like it's like the red version of giant spider we we sometimes see like sometimes there's a four mana four three reach or you know even better (laughs) usually a four mana three four reach just better giant spider in red sometimes yeah because like when you're playing that card you 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 think like well this trades for sarah angel that's pretty good and there are sarah angels in this format yeah yeah this also trades for wind drake right that feels less good yeah exactly but like yeah that that spider can quite easily trade up and it can quite easily not good good comment cameron good comment no, for sure. Like, uh, no, that's all I wanted to say about it too. It's like great if you need to trade with a wind or with a Sarah Angel, and terrible if they have two wind drakes or worse, like a battlefield raptor, which is the one drop with first strike flying. And then if they put an enchantment on it, even just mm. to give it two power and first strike, it's like oh, I can't even block their flyer. Yeah, the uh, the tormentor's helm in red has been my doom a lot. Like I've certainly died to that card more often than i thought i would at first glance it's just one red mana and equip one for plus one plus one and if the creature gets blocked the helmet deals one damage to the opponent so yes slightly better laying in scimitar not as good as a bone splitter but still just just gets there a lot yeah like i i feel that deck or that that card really wants to be in the 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 deck that just generates dwarf tokens right yeah that's you know that one the four mana or it has foretell and it makes two two ones i -hmm. didn't think i was gonna end up liking it very much but it's it's been quite fine i just thought when we could pay four mana and make two one one prowesses that was going to be like the better version of this card but i think foretell actually maybe makes the i mean they're in different limited sets i just Mm -hmm. when i initially looked at like oh four mana for two two ones like eh, i'm more excited by getting goblin wizards that have prowess because sometimes you just like attack for eight with that card right right yeah but like also the 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 dwarf equipment the axe okay i'm ashamed to admit i've i've been dying to that card just because it continues to trade up all the time right like it makes it makes a a token and you're like whatever it's a five one i'll just block it with something that dies to it james is like letting us know it's a hammer not an axe a hammer excuse me yes yeah and it just keeps trading up and it feels terrible yeah all the equipment it's a bit more reliably useful i think in this format than a lot of other formats and they made they made them a bit better 
like all all the colored equipment i think is a little better than what we've seen from kind of you know limited focused equipment like you know, so mediocre equipments from past sets still none of these cards i expect we're going to see in constructed but yeah they're doing things yeah so like i i don't know i've been enjoying the format so far it feels interactive the cards have a lot of text so you feel smart for playing them and I'm looking forward to doing it more. I guess that's my comment so far on Caldheim Limited. I like it. Cool. In spite of the fact that I feel that I'm getting stomped due to factors that are not my fault in any way. Yeah, I also have never made a mistake playing Magic or drafting. Exactly. Thank you, Nelson. And yet somehow my last three matches, I'm 0-3. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been putting together like i don't know like all of the associated cards for the decks that i want to play but never getting the 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 cores that really make them sing so a lot of my my games have been like going very very well and then my opponent just flops two rares and i die mm, condolences yeah i mean it happens right that's magic i've been hitting a bunch of packs that have like four of the cards that i need for my deck followed by like three packs that have none that we need to come up with a name for that it's probably like the Sutcliffe or something like i wouldn't i'd be surprised if he wants that named after him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we could call it the turner if you want no wait the turner is definitely when you you get completely flooded even though you have a low land count is that it yeah yeah it's it's just when you get like brutalized by rng right okay legitimately through no, no fault of your own right right which is something that i was i became acquainted with when playing warhammer which is a completely separate tabletop game i agree though that call time limited it continues to intrigue me like i i want to keep playing it at least until the point where i'm like okay this is how i feel about all the color pairs or this is this is when you move into snow and this is when you don't i've been i've been really enjoying taking the glittering frost i'm really glad that since day one they fixed the glittering frost bug because Mm -hmm. you know i i like playing lots of colors and being able to get rewarded if if nobody else wants the various different gold payoffs or also like the spell lands like they just it always seems like the spell lands are going too late i remember kathleen saying that during the the fam jam event it's like it seems like these spell lands are going really late and i think maybe it's just that you can't necessarily afford to take them unless you're sure that you're going to activate them and your deck is going to care about that spell because Mm -hmm. you also need to take snow lands sometimes so it's like there's kind of feels like cube because you end up taking so many lands right like in cube you only reach for four or five cards maybe sometimes from the basic land section or like or less like sometimes in cube you draft like a bunch of duels and a bunch of fetches and like maybe even a utility land or two and then you're like okay i already took 10 lands so you know i'm gonna grab five more lands because i have two moxes or whatever so in uh it's it's more than that like you're usually taking you know eight or ten basic lands at least from call time draft but still you have a lot of a lot of land slots taking up your picks so then these spell lands which are they're pretty big payoffs like a lot of them are really strong spells you know they still just they have to get to go late so that's been exciting too. yeah yeah the, there there is that interesting like uh competition between what kind of lands you were taking kathleen speaking of also i feel had a very apt observation where this draft format feels like you can be like all right i've got a very very good like blue green deck with strong cards in it and upon examination it is actually three different decks oh neat okay Right. Like the, the, the draft archetypes feel feel finer than just color identity. Right. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. Like you won't you really are gonna get rewarded for taking the cards that have synergies with each other rather than just taking the cards that are easy to cast in the same deck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That being said, uh glittering frost on three feels really good. Yeah, unless your opponent went turn one boast creature, turn two gets bigger, turn three boast creature. What's that thing yeah. called? I'm still terrified of that thing that Ben killed me with, some sort of demon berserker guy that gets bigger every time you boast. Right, yes, yes, that guy. I know that guy. I've met that guy. 
I've met that guy. I've seen that guy. Like briefly, briefly in every occasion, but you know, we see him around. I've also run into I've run into sweepers a bunch, and I've run into demon rune berserker a few times. Have you been killed by this thing? It's like six mana, six six flying, and then it tutors one of the ETBs. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, briefly. We've met briefly. If you if you're gonna cast it, I recommend finding a Marit of the Frost and a Return to the Tide or Return Upon the Tides. Mm. It's uh it, it tutors for two cards. One of them your opponent chooses one to go in your hand, and the other one goes to the graveyard. So yeah, I sure did die when my opponent did that. I had them at like one too. Oh. I've been dying a lot to Saralf, which feels like okay. both relatable and statistically unlikely. Oh gosh, I just remembered last week I died to Saralf after milling out. I just cast every single card in my deck. They mm-hmm. they brought back their Saralf with Raise the Draugr, and I had the Cosmos Elixir in play, and I was at like 30 life or whatever, so I just was drawing two cards a turn, and then eventually I just like, I had no way to kill this Saralf, I wasn't racing in the sky, I needed to like develop board and just like attack with big creatures, but they just blew my stuff up a couple times with Saralf, I had no way to like lock it down, and uh, yeah, then I milled out, it was hilarious. If you cast all your spells and then die, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. It feels like you really died. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. When you're like, all right, maybe I can draw into a solution. And part of your brain is like, there is nothing left. There's nothing left in the tank. Yeah, the worst is when you have like three cards left and you know you're drawing to a turn. So like, okay, it's next turn. I got to win next turn. And you're like thinking about what this turn looks like. And you're like, nah, I don't think anything I draw matters. <laughs> and I can't yep. get through lethal. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's just not going to work. That's our feeling here on Tap Tap Concede. Yeah, sometimes sometimes there's no good solution for a strategic problem. Yeah, but we keep playing and we keep enjoying talking about our terrible losses and our takes on the format, be they hot, cold, or medium. When I when I feel sad that I've lost too many games, sometimes I go to Yellow Jacket and buy a bunch of packs. But unless you live in Victoria, you can't do that. You need to buy your packs from cardkingdom.com. I recommend going to cardkingdom.com forward slash LRR so that they know that we sent you. And if you do that, you can ask for a button that says creature human. They'll send you fresh new sealed product. If you live in the States, they'll send you old, richly aged. What, what What's a good wine word we can throw in here? Like Or a good cheese word? French. Yeah, they'll send you old French sealed product anywhere in the world as, lo- as well as singles anywhere in the world. The French champagne. French champagne. That's what I got. That's, that's it's not, what I got. It's not Tempest unless it's cultivated in the wrathy region of Tempest. It's just... <laughs> It's just a busted red deck otherwise. We'd also like to thank you, our Patreons, our, our patrons, our people who support us at our Patreon, which is what? Patreon.com forward slash loading ready run? Something like that. You did this. You know what you did. You kept the lights on here. We we appreciate you. Did I miss anything else, Cameron? What else does Graham say at the end? I think that's everything. Well, I mean, I've been I've been Cameron. Joining me this week has been Nelson. James has been running the card reader and hanging out with us in chat. Jordan edits these and Heather gets them online. So big ups to the entire TTC team. I thought of one more thing to say. And if Jordan doesn't edit it out because James tells her to, you may now head on over to the nicknames episode website. Right. Yes. I don't remember what it is, but maybe James is going to type it in here. Yes. LRR dot CC forward slash nicknames. Okay. Sounds like that is a go. You can go enter your awesome, funny Kaldheim nicknames and you can vote on Kaldheim nicknames. And that episode will be coming up in, I believe, two weeks because next week will be the final Norse mythology episode. Okay. Looking forward to it. Look at us being professionals. Yeah. Good job, Nelson. Good job, Cameron. Good job, James and Jordan and Heather. Good job, listener. Yeah. I think we can all take a lot of satisfaction in what we've managed to accomplish here today. Anyway, until next week, take care of one another out there, and we'll 
we'll we'll catch you catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.